Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Food BizWiz podcast. I'm Charlie, VP of Student Success here at Food BizWiz, and we are back with another episode in our series called Is It Worth It, Charlie? In this series, I help students inside our Retail Ready community think through pivotal decisions that they are about to make in their business to help them determine whether or not moving forward with that decision is worth it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. As I said, my name is Charlie Birkinshaw, and in addition to running my own CPG business, Element Shrub, I also support and advise our students inside our Retail Ready course and community. In today's episode, I'll be sitting down with fellow Retail Ready student Priya Patel from Beloved Foods, where we will talk about balancing family while running a CPG company, working as a solo entrepreneur, and taking that leap from product market fit to the next level. So if this is something you have ever thought about, struggled with, questioned yourself, I'm excited for you to listen in. So let's find out, is it worth it? I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard to access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. This episode is supported by Retail Ready, our course, coaching, and community for packaged products brands who want to land on more wholesale shelves and have high sales once you're there. You are in luck. We are inviting you to jumpstart your enrollment and join us today. No wait list, no watching the educational masterclass, no sales call required. If you know you need the support in building systems for sustainable success, plus a community to hold you accountable and expert tailored advice from me and my team, consider this your official invite. Click through to the information and enrollment page linked in our show notes, read through our robust FAQs to ensure that you are the right fit, and join us in a matter of minutes. I'll see you soon inside of Retail Ready. Priya, welcome. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thanks, Charlie. It's great to be here. So as I said in the introduction, today we're going to be talking about balancing family while running a CPG company, working as a solopreneur, and taking the leap from product market fit to the next level. But before we jump into all of that, Priya, would you mind just introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, my name is Priya Patil, and I'm the founder of Beloved Food, a better-for-you snack business currently focused on our inaugural product called the Coca-Cola Superbar. Um, it's named that way because it's made with over 70% dark cocoa chocolate, spirulina, and a number of other superfoods. Um, they're a treat you enjoy when every bite counts, and they're gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, cane, and refined sugar-free, but I promise you they are not taste-free. Love it. Anyway. I started this journey because um, we discovered our daughter had numerous food allergies and sensitivities when she was a toddler, and I wanted to reduce the risk of cross-contamination. Um, 
you know, anyone who's had a food allergic child in their life will understand the panic when you read about a recall or a mislabeling of something you think your child might ingest. And I did not want to feel that panic. And so my strategy was basically to double down on their nutrition by being even more intentional about the food I made for them. And I, I'm saying them because they're twins. Um, um, got it. But essentially, so my goal was, um, my goal in Beloved Food was to create um, a nutrient rich and decadent chocolate treat because um, even at an early age, my daughter loved dark chocolate. I, I didn't necessarily start out to develop a functional chocolate, but that's what I did by including spirulina and other superfoods. Um, and Coca-Cola Superbars are the inaugural product. I have ideas and recipes in my brain for other products, but right now I'm just focused on the Coca-Cola Superbar. Um, any other product that Beloved Food creates will have the key ingredient of spirulina or other algaes because they are simultaneously nutritious and sustainable, which are two um, key values of beloved food. I love it. I love it. I love I love that story. And no doubt this is a problem that not just you as as the mom of these twins are facing, but I imagine many, many, many other uh, parents and and for, for not just for their kids, but for the for themselves as well. Right. Um, so thank you. Thank you for for sharing that story. I I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm excited to try them. Um, even even though I don't have those allergies, they still sound delicious. So uh, I'm excited to jump into this conversation. Uh, now you have been with us inside Retail Ready for just just a few months now. Tell us how's how's everything going since you joined. So in Retail Ready, um, I feel like I have a cheering squad. I feel like I'm getting foundational support from the modules and the lessons. And I feel like I have a bat line at the ready, especially through that Facebook group. Um, and and um, through Retail Ready, I met a number of small businesses that have been enormously supportive. Um, I attended the Flavors of the Carolinas. And before that, I found out through the Facebook page that a number of other businesses were attending. So I stalked them while we were at well, I, was I love it and met them. And then um, subsequently have had a couple of conversations with a few of them, which have really propelled me and beloved food forward, um, especially when I, you know, being this, a solopreneur feeling stuck. Totally. So that's that's so great. I, I love that. I, I mean, Right, retail ready is is a is a digital community for the most part. We have this private Facebook group where we can connect. Um, but I love when retail ready brands can connect in person. And you know, Ali and Gabby and I were at Expo West um, in March, and we got to meet a bunch of brands there as well. So uh, that was that was really really fun. And I'm so glad that you were able to make those connections locally for you. And and I'll be honest, I so I am I obviously work for for Ali and for Food Biz Wiz, but I also took Retail Ready myself. And I remember that one of the main reasons uh, 
I joined Retail Ready is I, I am also a, a solo entrepreneur at Element Shrub. And I, like, I was looking for community, right? It's, it's hard, like, just running all your ideas through a silo and not having anybody to kind of bounce them off of. And so, um, yeah, so, so I, 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 I can totally, totally relate to that. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you feel the same way. Um, okay. So you shared your story. Um, I, I know this, I'll, I'll just say that this topic is, is not sort of a clear, like, you're deciding whether or not you're going to do X, Y, Z, but I think there's, and so, so it sort of falls outside of our typical quote unquote topics that we talk about on this podcast. But I wanted, I wanted to have this conversation because I know that it's something that so many of our students uh, inside Retail Ready and so many of our Food Biz with listeners, um, I think can relate to. And so I thought it'd be a really, really valuable conversation. So we know your story. We, we know the story of Blood Foods and your products. Let's dig into a little background about where the brand is now, right? Um, and, and where you feel most stuck. So that's a really helpful um, intro. And I feel like I have to give a bit of career background um, before I go into the areas where I'm stuck. And so the back, my background is I was trained in public health and epidemiology at the PhD level. And so I was trained to go very deep into a topic, but I've yep. discovered that being an entrepreneur, I can't afford to have depth in each facet of CPG business, a CPG business. I have to have breadth, which means product development, sales, marketing, finance, customer service, social media. So I'm stretched very, very thin, um, but it's what I'm trying to do because I'm solo. And I've, I've hired freelancers to help with things that are just, I'm never going to be an expert at like graphic sure. design and bookkeeping. Um, but I feel like I have primary struggles in two areas, production and thought partnership. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And well, I'll, first I'll say, I, I looked at your, your website and I know your products. I, I love your branding. So great job on the graphic design. I, I love, I love what the products look like. Um, Actually, and yeah, I have just rebranded. So oh. what you see in the website is going to change completely in the next few weeks. Hopefully. Okay. Well, I I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but yeah, I totally get that. Right. It's impossible to do everything really, really well. Right. And, um, so, uh, but, but let's dig into these two areas where, where you got stuck. Right. So you mentioned production and you mentioned thought partnership. Let's start with production. Tell me, tell me more about this. Do you feel stuck because it's just something that I don't know takes up so much time that it prevents you from doing other things, or are you just not able to keep up with demand and you have to continue to produce and then, as a result, can't do anything else in the business? Um, well, I'm in production one day a week on Thursdays because that's the day my children are at at an after-school program until 4.30. Um, I enjoy those days because it's, it's, I enjoy making the bars. 
Um, but if I, if I, if one of my kids is sick on a Thursday, I don't produce any super bars that week. And luckily so far, I've been able to make up for those days I miss in the kitchen with existing inventory. Um, the day that I'm in, uh, production, however, I'm not able to do the other things that are required of the business, like sales, inventory, check-ins, uh, at retailers, follow up on emails because it's it's nonstop making those bars. There's very little totally. And in my mind, and I've heard people say, you know, it, it's so easy to get a production assistant, but chocolate, as I've discovered, is a very seasonal product. And mm, interesting. In, in infancy, my sales are not yet consistent enough to offer someone regular weekly hours. And um, I'm able to keep up with sales um, on my own for now. I'm able to keep up with demand on my own for now. I wanna grow, but especially when the chocolate season hits, I, I'm not sure if I'll be able to keep up with wholesale demand plus direct to consumer if I expand too much. Sure. But I want to expand. Yeah. yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And um well let me let so let me let me say this then. Um one, I don't think anyone would expect you to I'll just I'll just give you a little grace on what, what you shared there, right? Like I don't think anybody's going to expect you to do sales, to check inventory, to follow up on emails while you're in production or you know. I'll be honest, even on that day, right? I used to make my product myself. It's exhausting, right? You come home with like the hairnet and like the clothes drenched in sweat because you've been just like running around the kitchen, in my case, just drenched in vinegar. Um, and you, you just need to take a shower and like call it a day, right? Um, so, but you know, I think I think one of the things we we talk a lot about that you're you're doing that I want to commend you for in retail ready is sort of this idea of batching, right? So, you know. In theory, right? You could now you're you're choosing Thursday as your day because it makes sense for your schedule. But you know, some people might, you know, be in a situation where let's say they they're in a commercial kitchen, but they they have an office there and that's where they they operate out of, and they do production like the first two hours or three hours of every day, as opposed to just saying, hey, I'm just going to get it all done in one day, right? Uh, so I I think I think you're actually on the right track by sort of batching everything in one day, given the sort of time and budget restraints that you, that you have right now. Right. And, and so when, when it's production time, you know, it, it's okay to just be like, you know what, this is production time. I'm not going to be worrying about anything else right now. Let's just like make the best super bars we can make right now, make the most we can be as efficient as possible with production. Um, and and kind of and go from there, right? Um, I, I also know what you mean about sort of finding that balance between sort of hiring and paying someone versus doing it yourself, uh, right? And and there is this sort of fear of I'm going to run out, or like if I if I have too many customers, I'm not going to be able to keep up with demand. I'll be the first, maybe I will not be the first one to say this, but, you know, I think that honestly, 
that's probably a good problem to have, right? You you want to be in a position where you cannot keep up and and right because the the other position, right, is you make so much product that it's sitting in storage going bad and now you have to throw it away, right? And so much better to be in the other other position where hey, you have all this demand now and now you can plan to say, okay, well, if I know these sales are gonna come in, then I can somehow either figure out how to do another day of production, or in that case, I've already got these promised sales. Now I can go find a production assistant that is gonna help me another day, right? Um, the, the other thing I'll just throw out there too is this, idea that I always encourage everyone to think about is the the opportunity cost of of your time, right? Um, I, I'll give you an example. One of the most uh, productive things I did a while back with Element Shrub was to track my time for a month. And I would track everything that I did during the day, whether that was posting on social media, in the kitchen doing production, driving to make a delivery, like sending an email to, to a new account, right? I would do that at a very detailed level for for a month and then i would look at all that data and i would categorize it into different categories and sort of figure out okay how much time am i spending on production how much time am i spending on fulfillment how much time am i spending on sales and at the end of the day i found out that i was spending almost 60% of my time between production and making deliveries. And I immediately saw that data and said, oh, well, this is not sustainable. I need to figure out a solution here. And, you know, for me, I loved going to make deliveries and meeting the clients and, and doing all that. But at the end of the day, it just like, it's not a great way to spend 30% of your time at, at that point in the business, right? It, it might be a good thing to do early on just to meet people, but then like you've got to move on. So I found a co-packer and I set up a UPS account and I live in Virginia, even for deliveries in DC, I ship them because, you know, it's depending on where I'm going in DC, it's either 20 minutes or, or an hour uh, plus parking and then coming home. And, you know, that's two and a half hours of my time. And is two and a half hours of my time worth, you know, a $12 shipment to, to a store? Um, yeah, probably. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so for my sake. So I think just um, if that's not something you've done, I would encourage you to do it more just like wh whether you think you're being efficient or, or not. I think it's just a really eye-opening exercise to see what you're spending your time on and and then how you could figure out how to take those things that you are specifically good at and focus only on those and then think about, okay, what things could somebody else do that where my time would be more valuable doing sales things and things like that. So um, I don't know, have you, have you ever tried that? <laughs> well, so the short answer is no. I okay. have I've never done like a specific time use study, but like intellectually, I know 
that production is probably not the best place for me to spend my time. I also do deliveries, which even in Charlotte takes a while because, I mean, Charlotte traffic isn't as bad as DC or Virginia, but in our small part of the woods, it's, it is, it takes me a while to get there. Um, And I do enjoy production, but on the Thursdays that I'm not able to go in the kitchen for whatever reason, I'm often, I often find myself relieved because then I can spend the entire day until 4.30 without interruption doing everything else that I need to do. Um, and, but so, so that, so that is a piece of this being stuck, the production piece. Sure. But, um, the other space that I feel stuck in is, is in my own head. I, um, is being in my own head. I have mentors who I can ask questions to, but I feel like I need a thought partner. I feel like I need someone um, to get in and be in the weeds with me. But again, the problem is beloved food is still nascent and we can't afford to pay the kind of person I need for that kind of partnership because the kind of experience I need will command um, a, a rate that I can't afford or I should say beloved food can't afford. Right. Now. Sure. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I hear that. And I, I remember even, you know, I, I, a couple times just paying for consultants along the way with element shrub before I found about retail ready is great until you realize sometimes that they're really good at giving advice, but they're, they're not like at the end of the day, you still have to go and do the work. Right. And like, you you kind of like need like other people to help you in the weeds, like get these things done. Right. So I, I, I can totally, totally relate to that. Um, that, that said, you know, I think I'm so glad that you're in retail ready because as you sort of alluded to before, right, you've got this community of fellow founders that, uh, have, I mean, in my experience, been super, super generous with their advice and sharing their wins and sharing their like the, the positive things that are going on in this business. Um, and you know, as as I said before too, I one of the main reasons I joined was so that I could find this find this community and you know share feelings, share share stories that things that didn't go well, and feel like I had a place to do that in a, in a safe space with with other people that understood. Cause sometimes, you know, if you if your spouse doesn't work in that industry, right. It's hard for them to like relate to it, e- even though they're going to be supportive. Right. It's still like, Oh, like this thing happened at work. And like, I just need to tell people that are going to get it. Right. So, um, yes. yes, but okay. So I, so I, I, I would, again, just encourage you to use that community to, to help, help with that thought leadership. And, you know, you've always got the, the calls with, uh, with me and Allie every, every Wednesday, which again, I know that depending on how that fits into your schedule, you can always ask questions in advance and then we'll answer them on the call. So, um, so that's always just a great resource for you is, I guess. Actually, I'm glad you brought up the Wednesday calls because, um, I forgot about it. Oh, great. Well, here we (laughs) go. Perfect. (laughs) Um, 
Great. So, okay. So we've got, we've talked about production. We've talked about thought leadership. We've, we've come up with sort of some ideas on how to make those a little, a little bit better, right. Or, or ways to maybe come out of those on the other end feeling like, okay, like I can do this or I'm going to focus on this and then I can do other things later. If you were to feel like you got unstuck in these two areas, what what would like what would you want to focus on next? Um, sales, sales, yes. sales. Because <laughs> I can't do anything sure. without cash in the business account. And I just um, went through a whole rebranding exercise. It's taken me a year to do this. Um, for the business. And I designed fully new, fully compostable packaging, which I think elevates the beloved brand. And it's so excited. I can't, I'm, it's not on the website, but I'm slowly um, rolling it out on Instagram. I love um, it. I just created two new reels for it. Um, literally, I just released it um, on what is today's Wednesday. It was on Monday that I released it. Um, so I'm so excited about that. And of course, I, I'm hoping that the elevation of the brand will help um, sales because beloved food is about um, nutrition and experiencing a decadent treat, but it's really about sharing an emotion. I think that brands, you you purchase a brand because you want the product, but you really want the emotion that the brand represents to you. And so um, I'm hoping that, well, if I, to answer your question, if I had production thought through and figured out and my thought leadership partnership was thought through, I would definitely focus on sales. And, um, but that would include redoing the website, print collateral. And as I said, all that requires time, effort and cash. And none of that can happen without sales and cash. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally get that. I, I, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, sales is is where where you want to be spending your time, especially as sort of the founder of the company. Nobody's going to tell the story better than you, right? And um, but at the same time, I, I understand that overwhelming feeling of that sort of like chicken and egg situation where you feel stuck because like without cash, you can't sell or without selling, you don't have cash and you, you can sort of get in this, I don't know, this, this weird zone where you're like, I don't know what to do because I don't have this. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know where to go. Um, so I think this is, this is where, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we need to like, just get a little scrappy. Right. And think, okay, like, let's forget about the, like, if I only had like this much time and this much money, right? Because I, I obviously we all wish we had more time and money in the world, but, but since we don't, right. Uh, we only have this much time. We have this much money, like step back and focus on, okay, how can I get in front of the most people with the time and money that I have to have the most impact from a return on investment perspective and, and tell my story. Right. So I, I think at the end of the day, right, there's only so much we can realistically do with our time. Right. So it's, 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 it's also sort of this conversation that, that we need to have about, okay, 
how is how is the company doing right what do we what do we want to get out of this right what sacrifices are we willing to make to in order to make that happen or not right and and ultimately sort of answer or ask this question right how can how can we build this brand so that it works for us or or how can you build a, this brand so that it that it works for you um when when you hear that how does how does that make you feel <laughs> it makes me feel really happy and supported that you are saying that um in my own mind i know i have one shot at raising children um yeah. beloved food can grow slowly and in a way i can manage um but sometimes i wonder if that perspective is kind of enabling me to justify not hiring the right person or looking for the right person and as you said i get caught in this cycle and um and i don't have clarity and that's when i go back to oh being being a solo a solopreneur stinks and i and i need some thought partnership i need someone who i can who can get into the weeds with me and just hash it out and yeah and be done with it okay so let's let's get in the weeds for for 10 minutes here um i don't do you do you feel like you are less organized than you want to be or do you do you just feel like you don't know where you want to start I feel like I, well, actually, they kind of sound like the same thing to me. Um, sure. <laughs> I, but I'll tell you that I feel in, in some ways, um, I feel, well, it's contradictory. I have clear a clear vision of this business. I know exactly who my market is. I know exactly where this business can go. I have clarity on that. Um, but it's all the stuff in between where I feel disorganized and sometimes rudderless. Mm. But my mantra is keep moving forward. I just, I say that to myself all the time. And it's actually something that my daughter said when I asked her how she managed a very scary, at least for me, ropes course we were doing. And, you know, it's incredible. I just learned so much from her. Um, yeah, I just learned so much from her. I yes, I we I, I have two kids as well. I, I I agree. It's it's funny how our kids can can help us through our own fears and and very quickly identify what what our fears are, um, regardless of how old they are. I think um, right, but but at the end of the day, right? Remember that they are sort of like little mini versions of us before like we got scared of the world. So right, if they can do it, then like we we have that we have that in us in us too right um so okay so we've talked about that i i think you know when it i i'm i'm really glad that you have this this vision for for what you want for who your target audience is going to be and and so i think a lot of just building that that or finding finding that rudder for you and feeling like you're you're on that path to to achieving that vision, right? Is going to just come down to being super super organized, being super committed to do what you're saying you're going to do, and even and and I'll just remind you that doing what you say you're going to do is is more important than you know doing 
and I, I know this is a podcast, but in quotes, like the correct next thing, right? Um, ev- everything we try as entrepreneurs is, is an experiment, right? We don't know if it's going to work, but if we say we're going to try and do this new thing, let's do it. Let's try it. If it doesn't work, okay, we'll move on. We'll do something else, right? Um, and, and it's about sort of preparing and thinking about those thing in, things in advance, right? You, you can't just show up on Monday morning and say, hmm, like, what do I want to work on today, right? Um, I, I have a habit and I, I sit down every Sunday night. I, I write out my schedule for the entire week. I do time blocking, building in the things that I have to do, right? So the first thing I put on my calendar is picking up my kids from school every day and dropping them off at school uh, in the morning. Um, and then, right, I layer in all of the other things, like all of my food biz whiz calls, um, this podcast recording, uh, all of my element shrub work, my fountain in work. And, and then, you know, I don't know, at the end of the week, do I always like finish the week feeling like I did 100% of everything I wrote down? No, but I usually do 90 to 95% of it. And I know that if I didn't plan it out in advance that because there have been times when I don't and when I don't, I end up scrambling at the beginning of the day feeling like, ah, what do I do next? Or feeling like I'm getting distracted and I I end up not being as productive as as I really want to be. So um so I don't know. So with with that said, and I, I guess I guess it's also just a I, I don't know. How, uh, let me let me back up and 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 ask you. So, with, with that said, like, how do you how do you stay organized, and how do you decide what to what to focus on? So, I remember that lesson in retail ready, and actually, I used the Facebook group, and I copied. I did a screenshot of my folder list, and I sent it onto the Facebook. Uh, page and I said, I need help organizing these folders. How? What are their your folder names? Because I felt like it was completely disorganized and there was no logic to it. And um, I really took your Allie, yours and Allie's lesson to heart that I need to organize myself. Um, and so I thought if I could get someone else's folder structure, then that would be helpful. Um, the problem is everybody has a different set of logic. Totally. And yep. So your logic, the way you structure your folders may not be, um, you know, may not resonate with me. But nevertheless, because of the lesson um, and because I was in that module, I took out a piece of paper and I turned it horizontally and I tried to, I, I labeled it every day of the week and I tried to um, block out the time and the tasks for the week. and. What I found difficult, and I'm not complaining, but what I found difficult was I had like, I had the hard copy of the calendar I was trying to create for the module. I had my personal calendars that were electronic on my Mac, and I wanted to include the retail ready calendar, which was a Google calendar, which I was unfamiliar with at the time. And so I was looking at all these different things. Um, and it wasn't as uh, efficient as I was hoping it would be. Um, and so what I, I and, and then in addition, it, 
even though I blocked out all sorts of time for specific tasks, there was always this random stuff that came up in my week. And I'm sure it comes up in everyone's week that totally. that's unplanned. And so in the end, um, I tried it for a week and then I decided to kind of stick with the system I had of my color coded personal calendars and my beloved food calendar and my post-it notes. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Like, you know, everybody, I, I agree. Everybody has sort of a, dis- a different sort of system of, of organization. Uh, everybody stays organized in different ways. I have tried five or 10 different like ways to keep organized. I, I agree for me, like if everything is not on one calendar, like then I will forget whatever, whatever's not on the calendar that I'm looking at. Right. And I, I, I mean, a funny example is I tried to have like, you know, I do uh, Food Biz Whiz, Element Shrub, Fountain Inn. Like I've got a lot of different sort of like things that are different and unrelated to each other. And I used to have three like planning books because I I am like a written down person. Um, And so I used to keep three planning books. uh, And so like one for each business that I was like involved in. And it didn't work. And I, I needed to like consolidate everything to one <laughs> plan. And that was the only way that I could, that I could get it to work. So, um, so, so I, I, again, like it's okay to experiment. Right. Um, and, and this is another sort of like reminder, right. That organization is not hereditary, right. People don't just like, they're not just born and like, Oh, Hey, like you're a great organizer. Right. I mean, you, you still have to, you have to like put in a lot of effort and try different things and and see what works and be disciplined about it. And it takes, it takes practice. Right. Um, I, okay, I also I'll hear rise you. To the challenge. What's you that? convinced me I'll rise to the challenge. You <laughs> convinced me. I'll try it again. Blocking out the time and at least making daily lists of tasks. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Yay. Um, cool. I, I also encourage you to, Right. Include, right. And, and obviously I just referenced this, but like include everything on your calendar that you need to do first, right. Include the dropping your kids off or take them to school or spending time with them in the morning or having lunch with them or doing whatever it is, taking them to soccer. Um, right. So that you know that that time is blocked. And then when you, when you visually look at it in your calendar, you can, you can see, Hey, I've only got this much time left in my week. Like, realistically like layer in everything else you're going to do but understand that hey if i only have two hours on wednesday to do work like i know i can't do a six-hour production run right or i know i like i can't go drive and do a delivery that's an hour and a half away right because not realistic right so so be realistic with yourself about that that section of time but if you i think sometimes if you don't write it down or you don't visually see it on your calendar and you keep it in your head, you're like, oh, I can, like, I can do that delivery on like Wednesday, no problem. And then you do it and you're like an hour late for soccer or whatever, or, you know, something else happens and then you get frazzled and, you know, it spirals, right? Um, yeah, so I, I think, uh, right, at the end of the day, um, Right. I think, I, yeah, you, 
I think the organization is important and everybody has different ways, but blocking out the time and um, then you, you kind of keep yourself accountable to that calendar. And it, it's a skill that um, it's a skill that um, I might have to start practicing. And I've already, you know, five minutes ago, I committed to, I love it. Yes. On air. saying that I was going to practice that again. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny because um, not funny, haha, but funny, funny, whatever. Um, in my CPG naivete, I thought I could just do everything. Maybe every CPG founder is this naive uh, <laughs> or maybe not because I just assumed that I would start making these chocolate bars and I would sell them and it would be easy breezy. I had, I didn't even know what CPG was until, um, I don't know. I read about the acronym and I had to Google what the acronym was, but, you know, I listened to a bunch of guy Raz, how I built this and figured, you know, I could do it. Um, and I just jumped and I just jumped in. But one of the lessons that um, Allie shared um, in in Retail Ready is that she checks her email once a day or when she knows she has time to respond thoughtfully. And I appreciated that because email is, is one of those things. It's like a beast that needs to be fed or responded to. And, yes. um, at, at, you know, that requires a lot of discipline. And I think... I and beloved food would, you know, be much better for it if I am more intentional about practicing that kind of discipline with my time, because I find myself being pulled in multiple directions. It's hard to focus. I've never been a good multitasker. And in entrepreneur, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be a jack of all trades, at least at this stage of my business. But I've never been good at multitasking. And I guess you don't have to be a multitasker even when you are a jack of all trades, even when your business requires to be a jack of all trades. In fact, probably understanding and appreciating the difference is important so that you can focus. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I, I love that. I, I I completely agree. I I don't think um, I don't think you need to multitask, and I think sometimes multitasking leads to you know not getting the outcome you want for both of those tasks uh, rather than focusing on on each one of them one at a time. Uh, I also want to one I. So glad you committed to this and encourage you to come back to the Facebook group and feel free to keep yourself accountable there and share um, share how things are going and let us continue to encourage you and and cheer you on. So um, yes, please, but, please keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the way you, the Facebook community, um, Ali asks on Monday, what are your tasks? And I see that every Monday and I say to myself, okay, maybe this Monday I'll do it. And then I say to myself, okay, no, I'll do it next Monday. And that happens, you know, that's been going on for the last few weeks. But to, to, to be honest, the real struggle I'm having now that we're going through this conversation and getting into the weeds with me is 
I have a list of 30 stores that I want to get into. I don't know how much I can grow though, being solo. I want beloved food to grow because it needs to grow. I have this vision that I want to see come to reality, but I also want to be a mom who's there for my kids. And intellectually, I need to prioritize. I've created this business. I've generated the demand. I did that intentionally and purposefully, and it was my choice. And now I have to feed that. Um, and so because of that, I feel compelled to continue with beloved food. It's, it's a labor of love. Um, and, and frankly, it's one way I feel like I'm still doing public health um, because I'm helping people through this chocolate embrace wellness and cultivating their health and experiencing joy through a delicious treat. Um, but I have to ask you, Charlie, how do you handle all the exciting plans that you have in your head for your business, knowing that you are doing it solo? I'm turning the tables. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it's a great question. Um, I, I promise I will answer it. Uh, but before I do, I, I just want to acknowledge your, your, your honesty. And I, I really appreciate you, you sharing that. I, um, before I answer your question, I'm just going to, I, I, I want to go back to your, your concern about you have this list of 30 stores that you want to get into, right? When I see that, I think, Hey, like Priya, why, why don't you think you can get into those 30 stores or why don't you think you can, you know, uh, keep up demand for those 30 stores, right? Cause at the end of the day, sometimes we just need to, we, we have this, like, this, not, not this dream, but this like, Hey, we have this list and we, it feels like feels so big and we don't know how to like chip away at it or, or it's just this thing like, uh, if I do it, I might fail. Right. And so at the end of the day, like what would happen if you got into these 30 stores and you couldn't handle fulfillment? What, like, right. What would that, would, would that. To, I'd have to very quickly find people to, help me produce the bars I'd, or I'd add a second day to the kitchen. Right. Right. But so, right. But the opposite is you don't have sales in 30 stores and right. You're still where you are now. Right. So, right. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, Hey, like let's, let's give it a shot and see what it looks like. And, and maybe it's just a matter of doing this, this math problem of, okay, well, if we're if we want to get into 30 stores, every time a new store orders, they're going to order, let's say, one case of each flavor. And worst case, if we're, I mean, worst case, best case scenario, if we're selling through whatever your average velocity is now every week, then you're going to have to be able to produce 30 times, you know, one case of each SKU each week, right? And and then you look at that number and you say, okay, well, right now I'm producing 
you know, 400 bars a week, that number is 500 bars. Well, that extra 20, like that extra push of a hundred bars, like that, that doesn't seem that far out of the like realm of possibility, right? It's not like you're, and, and obviously I made those numbers up, but, um, but I think like it's worth doing that math problem and to say like, Hey, we don't have to get into 30 stores all at once, right? Let's, let's start with five and see how that feels. And then let's go to 10 and, and, and do that. But if you have this, like, I have to be in a thousand stores, like, you know, in six months, you're going to be like, ah, and I, I get that like feeling of feeling paralyzed. Actually, it's really interesting. Um, I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that there were a few businesses that got into the weeds with me. And I had this one business that um, invited me for coffee and we sat on a Sunday morning from nine until one o'clock and um, he got in the weeds with me and he said, let's just do an exercise. Let's start at your revenue at $100,000. Let's say you, you let's, let's work backwards. Your revenue is $100,000. What does that mean in terms of your weekly production? And what does that mean in terms of everything else that would go into you know, a revenue of $100,000 given your, you know, cost of goods and your retail and your wholesale cost, et cetera. And we did that exercise and he did it for me. And, um, you know, it breaking it down into those kind of digestible chunks at the end of the exercise, I looked at him and I was like, wow, you know, creating, I think it was like 2,300 cases for the year. I was like, that's not too bad. Yeah, right? I might be able to do that. And, you know, when he first said $100,000 as a revenue goal, I was like, that is ludicrous. That's audacious. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But then afterwards, I was like, okay, well, maybe. But then I got back into that cog of, how am I going to do this by myself? I don't think I can do that by myself. So then how do I hire? And it just, it's the same thing. The wheels. Yes. Yeah. And well, and I'll, I'll say like, I, I love that you were able to do that. Uh, I would use the same analogy for even planning an organization, right? Like if you just go into your week at, on Monday and say like, ah, what am I going to do? Right. That's, that's the sort of cycle that you're, that you're talking about of like feeling like you can't do it by yourself. But if you like one of the one of the most valuable parts of my organizational strategy is this Sunday night block where I just sit down and I'm not worried about getting my to do's done. I'm only worried about planning what the rest of the week is going to look like or what the, the next week is going to look like. And that is it's so freeing to not have to like worry about getting stuff done and just thinking about, OK, what am I going to do? for the next week. And I think that's where you can say, Hey, like, I, I don't, I don't think it's about being a solo entrepreneur versus like having a team, right? There can, uh, it's, it's just about like telling yourself like, Hey, here's when I'm going to do this week. I, because it's just me, I can only do 20 things this week instead of 50, but I can still do 20. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. Sense. So, so I promised I would I would answer your question, uh, yeah. and and I'll just remind our listeners. You asked me 
how do I handle all of the sort of exciting plans that I have in my head um, for for my business, knowing that I am sort of doing this on my own. And uh, to answer your question, I will use my work with Element Shrub. Um, obviously, I'm also also working with Ali full time, and I am a partner at the Fountain in, in DC, which is a whiskey and cocktail bar. But in both of those situations, I have a the support of a team. So, but with Element Shrub, it's just me. So, I I'll be honest with with Element Shrub, running it solo has always been extremely rewarding. I I like making decisions quickly. I like doing things myself. I like being responsible for every step along the the journey and willing to take responsibility for every step along the journey, especially if I'm responsible for it. Um, but three three years ago, I had to have a really honest conversation with myself about what I wanted for Element Shrub and, and what I wanted for my life. And at that point, Element Shrub was seven years old, right? So I'd been doing it for a while. I, I literally started Element Shrub. I gave notice uh, after taking two weeks of paternity leave um, when my daughter was born to go do the R&D to get it started and did some consulting on the side. So it's, it's the same, it's the same age as my, as my daughter, Lena. Um, and I thought that when I started, I should go do what everybody else did. And even what my friends and family were telling me I should do, which was, you know, go raise money, go on Shark Tank, hire a big team, go national, and then like go sell to, to a big conglomerate, right? Um, or, or to somebody else and, and then like walk away, right? Um, but, and, and we, were, we were doing well, right? We, um, we went from 40, I think 40 to like almost 550 stores overnight. And it was crazy. Uh, but, and I, and I started to think about raising money. I, I tried to raise money. I wanted to hire a team. Um, but as I was going through that process and I, I realized that for me, and again, this is, this is not for everybody, right? But I realized that for me, that that wasn't the path that I personally wanted to go down. And so I had to admit to myself that one, that the market opportunity for shrubs without millions of dollars in funding uh, to, to go out there and just blow it up, right, was a relatively small corner of the market, an interesting like niche market, but still relatively small compared to a lot of other, you know, brands and categories that are out there, right? And, and so as a result of not raising money or not to make the decision to like move forward with raising money, instead of quitting, I, I just sort of acknowledged to myself that the trajectory of my business would change. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this, hey, go raise money, go on Shark Tank, go national, like sell. And that was a really, really hard conversation to have with myself, um, both because I had to say, hey, like this whole time, like are my friends and family like who support me and love me, like do they like, are they gonna think less of me or like, like shouldn't they know what's be like best? And then, but at the same time, right? Like if that's not, 
how I want to be spending the time running the business, then it's not going to be great for me going forward, right? So, um, so right. So this trajectory is different uh, than what maybe I originally intended at the beginning. But then on the flip side, right? I had this huge feeling of relief, right? Because now. And again, this is this is my personal decision. It's not necessarily what everybody should do, but I think everybody should have this on, honest conversation with the self about kind of what they want and what they want for themselves and what they want for their for their business. Um, and and sometimes that is you know doing raising money and doing all those things and going national. And I fully support you know the brands that that choose to to go and do that. And I and I. But it, but it's not necessarily something that everybody wants to do, or, or honestly, that everybody's is capable of doing, right? Um, and so, so as I said, like on the flip side, by not choosing that path, right, I got to spend more time with my family, which is what I cared about. Um, I would get the chance to go back into consulting and helping other food brands with with Ali. Um, I got to work on other projects uh like we opened a bar last year in georgetown so um and, and those were all things that i really really enjoyed and really love doing and really love being involved in and so i i don't regret any um anything sort of along the way i think it's been um it's been a roller coaster of a ride for sure but i and, and it's been really hard but Ultimately, that decision and that honest conversation I had with myself um, was was super was super important and and helped me sort of embrace where where we are now. And I mean, crazy enough, like Element Shrub had our most profitable year last year. So you know, it's it's crazy how things happen, right? I, I don't know. Um, you know, it, um, I'm just, I'm taking it all in and um, I, I know it's a lot. I feel like I just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's such an honest answer. And I, and I'm, um, I mean, there, there's so much in there that we might, we might need another podcast to help <laughs> me unpack all the lessons in there. Um, let's do it. I would love yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Priya. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, what, before, before we, we wrap up Priya, I want to make sure that you, uh, you've already committed to a couple things, but I, I want, I want you to like, tell, tell me, tell our listeners, like, what, what are you going to do next? Uh, we talked about some things you're feeling stuck about. What do you what do you think you can do to help get unstuck and to sort of um, help feel like as a solopreneur, right? As as somebody who is balancing, you know, family and running their own CPG brand, right? And and trying to take that company to the next level, right? Whatever level that that is. Um, what what do you need to do to uh, to feel confident that that you're that you're the one that can do that? Because I, I know you can, but you have to say so, it. <laughs> I'm going to, um, I'm going to commit to myself again 
that growth comes in many paces. And I, I, in my own mind, I've always thought, well, beloved food can grow slowly. And so I'm going to recommit and embrace that because that's what I can handle. Um, your, your story, uh, illustrates to me that success of a business is how you define it. And so I'm, I have to define for myself what success is given my current family situation. So I'm going to do that. Um, and then I am going to commit to, um, the, the blocking out the time thing, because I think that, I think that will help me um, what, because when I start getting lost in ideas or thoughts, I can look back at that and it can be my rudder for the week or even for the day. Um, but this, this is the kind of conversation that I seek out this getting into the weeds with me talking about all these details that most mentors just don't, um, get involved with because they're just not in the weeds. So I'm, um, I'm grateful. So, but those are the two things that I'm going to commit sort of redefine or define for myself success six months, one year, but I'm also going to look at that list of 30 stores and I'm going to work backwards and I'm going to, cause, cause Adam said to me, he's like, you know, Priya next week, just, I, he goes of these 30 stores, cause he gave me the list of 30, actually gave me a list of about a hundred stores and I picked out 30, but he said, okay, next week, my guess is you can get into five more doors. He goes, and he's, and I was like, okay, I don't think that's possible, but I, I think it actually is possible. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I love it. Congratulations on, <laughs> <laughs> on stating your commitments. Um, Priya. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Can you, you mentioned, you mentioned your rebrand. So can you uh, tell us uh, where people can find you and where they can learn more about this new rebrand and and your amazing products? So um, I am active on Instagram and I've released the new brand on Instagram at beloved food, B-E-L-O-V-D food. Um, But I'm also, I'm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. And our retailers, our wholesale retailers are all local. Although um, last week I um, expanded to locations across the state and even across the border into South Carolina um, at a really cool um, store. And so I'm excited about that. But but we're, so we're currently in 13 stores and 15 doors. Plus we started shipping a few weeks ago um, and you can find us online with the old brand at beloved at www.belovedfood.com. Amazing. All right, everybody go out, go out, get some, get some super, super bars. That's what we call them, right? Super bars. Yeah. Coca-Lina super bars. Super bars. Coca-Lina super bars. Um, awesome. Priya, thank you so much. Uh, I absolutely loved this conversation and you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. Uh, we, we may have to, to, to go back and do, do another episode at some point, as you, as you said. So 
Uh, everybody else, uh, podcast listeners, Retail Ready students, thank you so much for tuning into this episode with Priya from Beloved Food. This is exactly the type of one-on-one -on -one consulting that I do exclusively for Retail Ready students day in and day out. I can't wait to hear what you thought about our episode, and we'll see you in our Retail Ready Facebook group for continued conversation, continued support, and I will be back in your ears next month. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.